The very first person that they interviewed, this person was 72 years old. She had half a lung (laughs) and she caught COVID on a cruise ship. Oh, my goodness. And she couldn't wait to cruise again. a quick note before we dive into today's episode. Our guest this week is Paul Thornton, who you might remember from a previous episode as the author of The Joy of Cruising. And Paul's on this evening to talk about his new book, the sequel to Joy of Cruising, called Cruising Interrupted. And he graciously wanted to provide listeners from our podcast with a code to get a discount off of his new book, which will be coming out very soon. The ebook version of the book will be available to download on Amazon in a week or so. And the Amazon paperback will have pre-orders in a week or so too and ship in January. But in the meantime, if you'd like to get a copy of Cruising Interrupted, the sequel to Joy of Cruising Sooner, Paul is going to have links up on his website to purchase a paperback copy. And if you head over to Paul's website, www.cruisinginterrupted.com and order the paperback directly from him and use the code WEWILLBEBACK, all run together, all caps, he's going to send you a copy of the paperback edition of Cruising Interrupted for $17.99, including and shipping, so it's nearly 30% off, and the paperback editions will be available for immediate shipment in a week or so off of Cruising Interrupted. So if you're interested in a paperback copy, rather than pre-ordering it off Amazon, you can order it from Paul directly uh, and you'll get it much sooner uh, and potentially with that 30% off at a cheaper price. So head over there, check it out. We hope you'll buy Paul's book. We're really looking forward to reading the sequel as we really enjoyed the joy of cruising. So we hope you'll head over and buy a copy of Paul's book and read it. Now onto our show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And tonight we're excited to welcome back Paul Thornton, the author of Joy of Cruising. Paul was on episode 13 of our show not too long ago, and we are excited to welcome him back. Welcome, Paul. I'm glad to be here. How y'all doing? We're doing great. It's so nice to hear your voice and to have you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, when we last left our intrepid heroes, Paul had written Joy of Cruising. We talked to him a lot about that book, but he was in the midst of writing the sequel to that book, which he had titled Cruising Interrupted. Do I have that right, Paul? That's right. Although when I started writing it, it wasn't titled Cruising Interrupted. (laughs) It It actually was titled More Joy of Cruising. How how creative! <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you you know you gotta, you gotta bounce off of the the first book, right? So it was a smart title pre COVID. Yeah, yeah, and the first book was a blast to write, and so more joy of cruising was just going to be. To be honest with you, the exact same formula, just more of the same. You know, based on you know feedback I received from readers, they really liked the format of the first book. So yeah, the second book was was going to be almost exactly the same as the first. And maybe to, maybe just to remind our listeners, just so we're framing the discussion. So Joy of Cruising is a book that Paul wrote that I would call a collection of cruiser profiles of very interesting cruisers. One one that I hold near and dear to my heart is a gentleman who decided that. Well, he's been on every, I think it was Royal Royal Caribbean Caribbean ship, and he has run a marathon at sea on every Royal Caribbean ship, I believe it is. So, but it's a profile and collection of really interesting cruise stories that Paul wrote. And so Paul was working on the sequel to that book in the very same format until COVID hit. And when we last spoke to Paul, he had sort of shifted gears a little bit and moved over to Cruising Interrupted. Paul, do you want to tell folks kind of uh, what's the theme of the new book about, or what are the, what are those profiles going to bring to folks? So the new book, as I mentioned, it was going to be pretty much the same formula, format of the first book, and that is profiles of passionate cruisers who had a story to tell, a story that I felt other passionate cruisers would be interested in reading about. So I started writing More Joy of Cruising, and I was about halfway done, and and then the pandemic hit. And so for a variety of reasons, which we can get into, I, I stopped writing for several months. But when I decided to restart, I decided to change the title. And so that's when it became Cruising Interrupted, which is, you know, obviously very apropos because for all of us right now, that's what we're living, Cruising Interrupted. But the, the other change 
it wasn't just the title change. You know, there's no way I could write a book uh, at the height of the greatest pandemic of, of our lifetime, and especially a book with the name Joy or the word Joy in the title, <laughs> and, you know, not recognize and acknowledge the, the hundreds of thousands of people who have died in, in the U.S. and the, the, the millions of people who have been effect, infected worldwide. And, and so, you know, I had to reflect the reality of COVID-19's influence on cruise. So the book is still fun and upbeat, mm -hmm. but I def almost every feature that I have in the book, there's at least some acknowledgement of the virus mm -hmm. on, you know, individual uh, cruise personalities. Just like the first book, you know, the book has various sections and I have a whole section in the, the first section of the book is actually called the same as the title of the book, actually called Cruising Interrupted. Mm. And it features profiles of three couples who were actually stranded on the ocean during the time of you know, the, the, the pandemic declaration. Mm, oh, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. During the lockdown. So now you might say, well, how can that be fun and upbeat? And believe it or not, even in those three stories, there's some fun stuff. There's some interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it just gives you a bird's eye view of what it was like to be in a situation that almost no one else in the world can say they've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. So there's actually, you know, I, I you know, it, it's presented in a it's not a downer, uh, although I, I will tell you that at least one of the people that I profiled, she caught COVID on a cruise ship. And there were people on that same cruise ship who died. So take the words fun and upbeat with a grain of salt. I know that you had started talking to folks prior to COVID, obviously for this book. And then I know your writing process got interrupted. Did you end up going back to talk to those people that you had already sort of spoken with or interviewed for your writing process in order to get some of their take on, you know, the interruption? Yes, I, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I went back to everyone who was, uh, I'll call it uh, in the can, if mm -hmm. you will. Yep. You know, people I had interviewed and recorded and hadn't yet transcribed the interviews. I went back to almost every one of them. There was one, per, like one, one feature. It's a short feature, a really short feature on Royal Caribbean 50th birthday cruise. Mm. And that's, you know, that's pretty special. You know, it was just a one-time event. It was worthy enough to write a feature about. And, and, and you know, you'll see that when you read it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there was no reason to go back to, to that particular person. It was just a once and done event. It, mm -hmm. You know, there's no way that COVID would have any influence on that. So that's someone I did not go back to. But yeah, I would say of the 10, 12, 13 interviews I had done, I went back to maybe 10 of them. And, and were there any folks that, so you're midway through and you decide to put this new emphasis or this new overlay to the book a little bit, were there any folks that you hadn't talked to yet that you said, you know, I need to go talk to these people because they're having a different or unique experience that I want to include in the book? Right. Did it change who you wanted to talk to? So the answer is is yes. So there were people who were I had scheduled interviews with before the the shutdown, and then the shutdown happened, and I contacted them and said, "Hey, you know, I'm kind of in a funk, and let's kind of hold off for a while, and so on and so forth." So there were people who I had not yet interviewed. You know, they had already committed to being in the book. But then there were people who, once the uh, shutdown happened, there were people who, all of a sudden, they became someone I wanted to talk to. For instance, there was a couple who was in the newspaper in the adjacent city from, from me. The newspaper story, they were actually on the cruise ship, on the ocean, confined to their cabin when the interview took place. So so the reporter actually talked to them on the telephone. Oh, wow. Uh, so I read the story in the newspaper, and then I just reached out to them. Not immediately, you know, a few weeks later, I reached out to them, and it was sort of the same process I used with the first book. I would reach out to people cold, and, and they would just say, you know, who is this guy? <laughs> and most of them wouldn't want to talk to me, but this couple... They, they responded. And so we put together a really nice feature. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, that a lot of your, you know, hunting down people for the book is just cold calling because it's, it's so similar to what we do here on the podcast. 
you know, a lot of how we get guests and come up with some of our topics to talk about is just there's somebody interesting like you or like Brian Bruns, who, who wrote Cruising Confidential or, or Len Testa, who <laughs> runs touring plans. You know, we just cold call, or I should say Brian just cold calls. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I think there's something even more interesting in what Paul does that is more analogous to what we do, which is there are people out in the world who cruise and enjoy cruising or who vacation and enjoy vacationing who aren't well known. And mm-hmm. I think I like to say everyone has a story to tell. So <laughs> it's interesting to hear those stories too, or bring those stories out of people. It's great to read your book for that reason, Paul. Some of these people we've heard of, but some of them we haven't. And just yeah. hearing their stories is really fascinating. Yeah, I actually, I agree with Brian. Some of the most interesting stories are of the unknown people. And I say unknown, meaning that the non-famous people, right? The everyday people who just love to cruise and hearing their perspective. Right, right. And in fact, I, I like that so much. I had a section, that that aspect, that sense of what I call ordinary cruises with extraordinary stories. Mm-hmm. And I like that notion so much that I had a section in the first book called Cruisers Just Like You and Me, Sort of. <laughs> and I repeated that same section in, in the new book. And, you know, I'm sure that there are people in your audience who could who would fit in the section of cruises just like you and me, sort of. It's not about quantity. So I've got folks in that section who have maybe 10 cruises, whereas I have someone else in the book who has 500. But it's not about how much they cruise. It's about something unique. Well, well, the guy you mentioned, Joe Church, who runs marathons. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, if you take the total number of cruises he has done, you've got people in your audience who have done tenfold yeah. the number of cruises he's done. But the richness of his story, I mean, it's it's just amazing. And and, and by the way, for your, your, your listeners who think it's just about he runs marathons, I mean, that sounds That's, kind of yeah. weird <laughs> with the world record. You know, he runs marathons on, on each of these ships. But there's a, there's a much deeper story than that. Um, in fact, there's about three sub-stories. I mean, it, this, the, the whole story of what inspired him to start running starts off the first few pages of his feature. So anyway, yeah, it, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I probably could write equals until the end of time because there's always going to be interesting cruisers who you've never heard of, but who have a fascinating story that I think others would want to read about. I certainly would want to hear about. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious, Paul, when, when we when we last spoke to you, you'd sort of mentioned you were, and I think you've alluded to this in the, early in the show, you're kind of, we were kind of emerging from a bit of a funk. I think we all were, quite frankly, and still are. But what was it like talking to people during this period whose passion is cruising and that passion is sort of been taken away from them? You know, most of the folks that I spoke to were dealing with the lockdown a lot better than, than I was. I mean, it, it to be honest with you, it was kind of like therapy for me. I have been really struggling. Now, some of the folks that I talk to, you know, they might be bloggers or influencers. So there may be some like monetary consequences for them because of the cruising lockdown. So that's been a challenge. But in terms of emotionally, if they're having a tough time emotionally, they're doing a great job uh, keeping it under wraps. Whereas I had a really, really tough time. And I think the reason I had a tough time, well, I had a tough time for a variety of reasons. One, I was just, and this is very selfish probably, but anyone who's a grandparent can relate to this. You know, I cruise every year with my grandkids and they don't live anywhere near where I live. And so I bring them down each summer and and we go on a cruise. And because of this lockdown, you know, I couldn't bring my grandkids down. So I have not seen my grandkids. I guess since the last cruise and, you know, they're too far away to drive and and I'm not flying right now. So, you know, I was really whining, really moping around about missing my my grandkids. That was a big part of this cruising lockdown that that hurt me. And then I'll tell you what I did, what what I really did wrong. You know, as you I'm sure know, since this lockdown, you know, cruising has been sort of a trendy media topic. So there have been lots of articles and somebody, most of the articles are are pretty balanced, but I make the mistake of reading the comments. Oh, (laughs) never read the comments. Yeah, Yeah. I know you shouldn't, but I do. I I just torture myself. And 
it was so depressed to read, to, you know, and, and this was like open season on cruising. And most of these people who were saying these things, they didn't know anything about what they were talking about. They had never cruised before. But, you know, they're going to say, you know, with the anonymity that the Internet gives you, they say what they want to say. And so, you know, I was just reading this, these things and I was just getting depressed. And then, you know, at one point a few months ago, you know, every day you're seeing these grim images of, you know, people dying and first responders uh, dressed up in garbage bags because they didn't have PPE. Everything kind of came together and I really went into sort of a, a thought. You know what I was worried about? I, and maybe I'm being overly dramatic. I, I was worried that cruising would not survive. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think a lot of us were and maybe even still are. But I think to your your point is right, though. I think there are people who are out on the Internet saying, oh, why would anyone go on a cruise? This is, you know, a recipe for germs or, you know, a recipe for uh, outbreak, as we know from some of the neurovirus cases that have happened on on cruises prior to COVID. I think those people are, are going to poo-poo cruising no matter what, right? And those yeah. of us and those of us who love it are going to say, "Listen, we understand that maybe certain things about cruising needs to change. Maybe maybe no maybe buffets are a thing of the past. I don't know, but it doesn't mean we won't cruise in the future. That we don't want to cruise in the future. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, uh, you know, just a bunch of things kind of all came together. It was it was a little bit of a tough time. Were there, in, in talking to folks, you know, in particular, kind of about the cruising interrupted piece of this, were there any sort of consistent themes that you took out of those conversations? Clearly that, that people were missing it, you know. Now, I guess it, it, in terms of consistent themes, you know, one, one section that I do have in the book is, is called The Bloggers. I don't, I don't think that's the name of the section, but it's about bloggers and, and cruise community, uh, you know, sort of like what you, what you do, you know. So one theme that that was kind of consistent with talking to to people like bloggers and and vloggers, you know, YouTube bloggers and and podcasters. You know, I had a series of standard questions that that I would always ask people when I interviewed them. And so one standard question that I I would ask folks like that is, you know, are there any things that you have done to adapt to this environment? And 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 certainly, you know, there's a lot of things that that people have done. You know, one one person that I, I, I that's in the book, you know, he is incorporated. He's always been big on fitness. So he's incorporated, you know, on his on his log, he's incorporated more around fitness stuff. Uh, you know, there's things like virtual or digital or cocktail parties and, you know, digital. You know, people are coming up with all kinds of <laughs> creative and innovative ways to stay engaged with their audience. So that's the consistent theme that I saw among you know, content creators and, and, and bloggers and influencers and, and things like that. Did you talk to anyone that sort of, it sounds like most people were hopeful that cruising re would return, wanted cruising to return. Did you talk to anyone who sort of said, you know, even if it comes back, I'm not sure it's going to be for me going forward? No, no, not, not really. In fact, there was one person who felt strongly that, and, and then I, I interviewed her, you know, a couple of months ago. So it's, it, you know, I could see her feeling that way then. Uh, I doubt that she feels that way now. But but at, at the time I interviewed her, I could tell she was confident that we were going to be cruising at the end of 20. I was confident that we would not. I, 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 <laughs> and congratulations, you won. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, and if I remember my exact words to her were, I want so much for you to be right and for me to be wrong. That's exactly what I said to her. So I've had a number, I've had people who are more optimistic. I haven't had anybody who's real pessimistic or or they, they won't come back. Now, I've had people who make statements about, you know, in fact, I have a quote in the book from one, uh, you know, key cruise community uh, person who said, you know, she won't cruise until CDC says you don't have to quarantine when you get back. That's, a, that's actually a pretty good ground rule. I mean, it, you know, when we're at that point, you know, you know, it's pretty much over. Yeah. Well, and if you, you know, if you're taking a week long cruise and then you've got a quarantine for between 10 and 14 days after that, right. 
Ich say, if we're all still working from home, when that happens, then it's maybe not such a big deal for some of us who, you know, work outside of our homes in pre-COVID times. But if we're all still working from home, I guess that's not too bad. But you're, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good baseline rule. That's, that seems to make sense from a personal decision, but also from a practical standpoint, if you're somebody who has to work outside of your home, either in an office or you work in a supermarket or in a hospital or, or you know, somewhere where you have to go in person. Yeah. But but in general, no, I've, I've found that I have been probably more cautious than anyone I've interviewed. But in fact, I'll tell you a, a funny story. No, it's, it's not a story, but a real quick anecdote. So so I got contacted by CNN for an article that they wanted to do on, uh, I, I, I don't have the article, it in front of me right now, but I can't remember the title. But it was something about, you know, cruisers who couldn't wait to cruise. Mm -hmm. It was an upbeat article, and I was delighted to be in it because, you know, I, I had read so many negative articles. It was nice to read one that was kind of on our side, you mm -hmm. know, that was upbeat. So I, I, I did my interview, and then the article came out. And so it turns out I was by far the most cautious person in the article. Oh, interesting. <laughs> You know, and here I am, and, and and the person, you know, the reporter even mentioned my book. You know, here I am with a book out called The Joy of Cruising. I'm sounding like a real Debbie Downer. You know? okay. I mean, I, it, was, it wasn't negative. I just, I was very, very much more cautious than the other people in the article. So, so I said it was a funny story. What made it funny is this. So I opened up the article the day it came out. The very first person that they interviewed, this person was 72 years old. She had half a lung <laughs> and she caught COVID on a cruise ship. Oh, my goodness. And she couldn't wait to cruise again. <laughs> and so and here I am. And I'm saying, you know, one of the things I said about the reason I was cautious is, you know, I said something about age. Well, I'm not 72. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not a young one, but I'm not 72 <laughs> years old. And you have, and and you have full lungs. lungs. So I, you know, I felt pretty sheepish reading this article and reading about this woman who can't wait to cruise. And by the way, you know, she's in my book. Mm. I, 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 it's a great, great story. I mean, it's they can make a movie on this story. It's, oh, it's, nice. It's a thriller of a story. Speak, speaking of folks who are going to be featured in the book, I know you've been posting kind of on social media photos of the, some of the folks who are going to we're going to see or read about in your your upcoming book. Can you share a couple of folks who are going to be profiled in the new book? Sure, sure. So looking here at the table of contents, so I, I mentioned sections. So the first section of the book is cruising interrupted, and and that that's what you know I mentioned. You know, I, I talked to several people who were stranded on the high seas, so they they won't be necessarily people you heard of. And then the next section is called the globe trotters. The people in that section they they're all big in cruising, but they all transcend cruising. They're really big in travel. And some of your audience may know a couple of these names. Uh, you may know. Mr. Scott Eddie. His name is Scott Eddie. I call him. His feature is called Mr. Scott Eddie because <laughs> that's that, that happens to be his Twitter handle. But he has been, you know, Forbes magazine calls him perhaps the top luxury travel influencer in the world. Mm. And he has a new TV show that was supposed to premiere, or did premiere, it was supposed to be weekly, but then the pandemic hit. And so the premiere episode came out called Video Globetrotter. And you can see that show. And, you know, I, in the book, I talk about how you can go see it. It's it's on Lifetime channel. But anyway, he's, he's in the book. Another person who's in the book it's called The Five Foot Traveler. Her name is Sarah Gallo. And again, she transcends. Uh, she, she's huge in travel. She's 28 years old, been to, I think, 150 countries. If you look up travel influencers, I'm sure you'll see her name. I have uh, another person in the Globe Travis. His name is John Rabbits. He's, he's very big in, in cruising. You know, he, he travels, you know, beyond cruising as well. Mm -hmm. I have a section called Specialty Cruising, and I, I do a feature on a company called Quirky Cruise. And Quirky Cruise specializes in small ship cruising. And small ship cruising, first of all, small ship cruising is taking off. I didn't talk much about that in, in the Jura Cruising, and there's definitely more of a presence, not just in the quirky cruise feature, but there's more of a presence of small ship cruise in this book. And small ship cruising, technically, that's like ships that hold less than a thousand people, but I'm talking about ships that hold less than 
15 people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, they specialize in small ship cruising. I have a guy in, in that same section, specialty cruising, that the title of his feature is Cruise Producer, Director, MC Extraordinaire. <laughs> and what he does, he works exclusively on music cruises and he introduces and interviews pretty much if you've listened to if any of your audience has listened to music artists from the 60s to the old he probably has interviewed them and introduced them on a cruise ship because they do a series of themed music cruises based on time period so malt shop memories is a cruise that specializes in 60s music oh fun I mean, people on that trip will be people like Paul Anka and Chubby Checker and <laughs> Frankie Avalon. I mean, so may not be people that, that we necessarily listen to, but some folks in your audience. I mean, these are legends. Yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah. And then he also, they all, that same company that he works for, they do something called the Soul Train Cruise based on the, the, the Soul Train television show. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to have all, you know, R&D and, and funk type artists. And then they do the country music cruise. Not so long ago when, when Kenny Rogers passed, I posted a photo of Kenny Rogers on the country country music cruise. So anyway, that's that's kind of a fun, fun uh, feature. Then I'd have a section called the cruise communicators. You know, if I had met you all early enough, you would have been in. Uh, so you'll be in the next book. <laughs> <laughs> but in the cruise communicators, I have a, a top podcaster. I have the person who has the number two cruise channel on YouTube. Oh, cool. And I say number two, I had number one in the first book. <laughs> so in this book called Tips for Travelers, his name is uh, Gary Bembridge. So he's, he's, uh, he's that's an interesting feature. And then I have a section called Bloggers Cruise Community Champion. And why I call them Cruise Community Champions, I explain that in the book. But some of the folks in that section, you might know some of these i have life well cruise mm-hmm. that's a popular blog cruise mummy my virtual vacation cruise lifestyle eat sleep cruise they're, they're all pretty popular bloggers and and the reason that i think bloggers by the way is because they represent you know the, the essence of both books is passionate cruisers who pursue that passion in interesting ways. So we're all passionate cruisers. Yeah. But these are people who have taken the time to pursue that passion. I mean, you know, I mean, you don't make a whole lot of money as a blogger. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they just pursue that passion every day by writing and, and videoing and interviewing and so on and so forth. So to me, Bloggers really embody the joy of cruise. Mm-hmm. And then I have a final section is called the passionate cruises of the joy of cruising. What are they up to now? Mm. Oh, fun. Of the, the people I featured in the first book, for a variety of reasons, I featured them a shorter, a, a much shorter feature in this book. Mm-hmm. So some of the people uh, you might know are Cruise Tips TV, Sherry yep. uh, Griffin. So she was, you know, I did a major feature on her in the first book. Mm-hmm. And she was someone I wanted to talk to for this book, particularly with how a key figure in the cruise community is dealing with the pandemic. The, the Marathon of the Seas, uh, Joe Church, the, the runner, I do an update on him. Oh, fun. Yeah, because since the, the last book, a new Royal Caribbean ship came out. Of course he ran it. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, and, he's and he's got to keep his crown, right? I mean, he can't yep, let somebody yep. get ahead of him. And also, since uh, the book came out, he ran for the first time in the New York uh, City Marathon. He's running the ball marathon uh, i have a photo of him in the, in the new book running in a new york marathon so anyway that's that's sort of the layout of the book so so that's the table of contents right now there are three people who are very very big in one way or another there was a chance that that i could get three people it's now looking very unlikely that they're going to going to get in mm-hmm. but you know right up until until i turn it over to the printer I'm ready to uh, change the table of contents. And at one time, the table of contents actually had their names in it. But again, doesn't look like they're going to follow through. So, Well, that was going to be a question I had. Is it, were there people that you wanted to talk to who, for lack of a better phrase here, got away? 
A- absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, yeah, I mentioned earlier, there's a, a short feature on the Royal Caribbean 50th birthday cruise. So here's here's how that came about. So so there's a guy, he also, he's on Royal Caribbean. His name is uh, Mario Salcedo. They call him Super Mario. Have you heard of him? I remember you telling us about him our last uh, our last time we talked. Yeah, did, wasn't he the one who was just sort of continuously cruising, basically? Yeah, he was a Wall Streeter. He retired, I believe, in his 40s, went on his first cruise, got hooked, and now he just lives on Royal Caribbean ships. He just takes a series of back-to-back. He doesn't live on one ship, so he'll, he'll take a series of, of week-long cruises, but he does that full-time. Now I don't know what he's I don't know what he's doing right now without any <laughs> But uh I know he lives in Miami, so I'm sure he's home at his, his place in Miami. But anyway, I wanted very much to to do a feature on him. Mm-hmm. There's been a, a documentary on him. Uh he's been in New York Times. So he's he's you know, he he's the kind of person if you Google him, you're gonna get lots of stuff. And uh so I reached out to a to a friend who had been in the first book. It's kind of very much a, uh, a Royal Caribbean guy, you know, very, very instrumental uh, in that community. And I, I asked him, you know, did he know Mario? And he said he didn't know Mario, he said, but I'm going to see him in a few days. And I said, what do you mean you're going to see him in a few days? That's when I found out about the Royal Caribbean 50th birthday cruise. Mario, being who he is to Royal, he was going to be one of the keynote speakers and guests of all, whatever. And so I wrote a letter to Mario and I, I sent it to my, my friend and my friend handed it to Mario oh, on the cruise. Cool. So Mario got back to me and he agreed to be in the book. So that's one thing that came out of it. But then also the whole the notion of this 50th birthday cruise, I thought was was kind of interesting. And so that became a feature in the book, just the 50th birthday cruise. And then there was going to be a separate feature on Mario. And I'm glad I did not tell the world, because you know, you see me put stuff on social media all <laughs> yeah, the time. Yeah. And usually, you know, I once I receive back someone's consent form, you know, I get them to sign a consent form, that gives me permission to put their photos, things on, on the internet. And he had signed his consent form and everything. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, about a week after he he agreed, he, he changed his mind. So that's a long answer to your question. You know, is anyone who, who, who I wanted, who I didn't get? You know what? Maybe he would have been a dud anyway. <laughs> I just got it. You know, I got to give that to you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I would have done a good job, I think, of representing his interests because I do. He, he is misunderstood. Mm-hmm. He is portrayed in a lot of places. You know, I think he's misunderstood. And this would have been an opportunity for him to for him to tell his story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe maybe he didn't really understand what you're about because, you know, for our listeners who haven't read The Joy of Cruising, it, it is really a positive portrayal, I think, uh, of of pretty much everyone in the book. I, I don't think there's a, a single negative portrayal out there. I mean, it's it, it's talking about, I like to call them characters. I know they're real people, but they're, they're characters in the sense that, you know, you're hearing a, a small piece of their life, right? You're not, you're not telling the person's life story in these profiles. You're telling a snapshot of their life or a piece of their life that involves cruising. One of the nice things about it is because it's a book that's about so many different characters, if one of them just doesn't resonate with you, just flip to the next chapter and guess what? You got a new character. That's right. That's right. You could you could actually start reading the book with the last chapter. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think I think some folks who when I first approached them, they probably think of me more like a journalist and I'm a storyteller. So there's no gotcha. Not at all. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't read it, that it definitely is 100 percent true. It's that's the way the book reads is it reads more like, you know, lots of small narratives rather than it's not a it's not a journalistic investigative reporting piece type of book. It's yeah, not at all. Not at all. So, Paul, I'm curious on the other side of this equation, what I've noticed, too, is that there's lots of people floating around out in the community right now who are interested in cruising, interested in travel for our show, interested in Disney, who've got time on their hands, content creators and others, because, you know, they're... (laughs) They don't, we don't they're, they're, can't travel. Yeah, they're passionate. They can't travel right now. Was there anyone that you sort of got to be in the book that you were surprised they agreed to to be interviewed? 
I, I probably, probably Scott Eddy, the guy I mentioned, the, the luxury travel guy. And again, you know, cruising is not primarily his playing field. I mean, he's bigger than cruising. He's more travel. And again, I reached out to him, kind of cold. He, he probably had no idea who I was and what I was about. So he had some, he was a little reluctant at first, to be honest, not not really. What was the biggest challenge that you had writing this particular book? I mean, let's set aside the elephant in the room, which is COVID-19. But <laughs> like, apart from that, did, was there any sort of big challenge you had to overcome in getting writing this particular book? Well, you know, the, the one challenge was the one I mentioned, you know, uh, kind of digging myself out of the, the funk that I got into. And and I don't want to call it a writer's block or anything like that, because it, it really wasn't that. So but so that was one challenge. And then the other challenge, you know, it remains to be seen how good of a job I did in overcoming that challenge. And, and this is and here's what I mean. So the joy of cruising was, as you know, just straightforward, upbeat, fun book. Mm-hmm. And Cruising Interrupted is pretty much the same, but I kind of married two books into one. You know, the, the activities on the high seas, you know, the, 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 the real life COVID-19 stuff, and then, you know, just the, the profiles of passionate cruisers who pursue their passion in interesting ways. And so, you know, I could see, if I don't pull that off, well, I could see in maybe professional reviews, a reviewer making a comment about that. I, it, it, I will be interested in seeing how well, how how that comes across. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, that's an interesting thought since it, it is really marrying kind of these two topics for lack of a better, for lack of a better way of putting it. But yeah, that's interesting. Well, we're, obviously we're excited to get to read the new book when it comes out. I'll give you my honest review after I read it. All right. <laughs> I am not a book critic, so <laughs> I'm not a book reviewer, so, but I do read a lot, so. <laughs> Paul, is there any sort of teaser story that you can share out of the book that you, you use to tell people about the book to get them excited and want them to go out and buy it? Is there is there one story you would you would sort of share that really sort of surprised you or is really interesting? Well, you know, the teasers, the, the real thrilling stuff is kind of in that in the in the live action COVID stuff. And I've kind of I've kind of given away, like, you know, told you about the one person who was stricken with COVID on yeah. the cruise ship. So mm-hmm. so I kind of gave that away. <laughs> although, <laughs> although to be honest, when a reader reads the book, I actually divulge that on the first page of her feature. I say, her name is Christine. Mm-hmm. And I say, I met Chris when we were kindred spirits of sorts in that we appeared in the same CNN article. And then I say a little bit more about that article. So I think I tell you in that introduction that she caught COVID on that cruise ship. Now, I could have held that part out and just mentioned that we met in the CNN article. Mm-hmm. Um because the rest of her chapter does read like a thriller. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave the spoiler up front. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, somebody just goes, you know, they read that in the introduction and say, oh, well, let me go read that article. They're going to see that she, what happened on her cruise. So I'm still debating whether I will hold out the part about her catching COVID. And the reason I say that, her, her chapter, that's the literally the last chapter I'm writing before I turn it over to the front. So her chapter is not done yet. I like the idea of you giving it up front. I, I think it makes for a, probably makes for a very interesting story. I'm glad to hear that Chris is well now and uh, survived COVID. But yeah, it would perhaps make me more interested to read the story hearing that at the beginning. Well, good. That's good. That's good. Good feedback. You know, that that's that's what you call a uh, real time focus group. You yeah. Focus <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I loved the first book. So, you know, I'm your I'm your target audience, or at least I'm part of your target audience. So, Paul, one, one last question about the new book, which is just is there anything that you're taking away from the experience of writing this book? Um, anything in particular that stood out for you? I'll tell you this. When we shut down and I went into my thing and, and, and I wasn't writing and I couldn't cruise, to me, my two passions were taken away. So the fact that I was able to write this book during this lockdown where you are stuck in the house, you know, I'm in Florida and, and the virus is raging here. Uh, I mean, so it is, you know, I'm, I'm working remote. You know, we don't go out. 
I mean, I jokingly call, refer to it as incarceration. And so the, so the process of writing has been, you know, has just been a godsend. And I don't know what I would have done if I had to go through this unable to cruise and unable to write. And so I, I, this is not probably, I'm not articulating this quite the way I want to, but the process of writing this book has, has meant so much to my emotional well-being. I'll just never forget it. So, so that's what I can take away from it. Well, I did, I did want to ask, apart from the book, I'm, I'm curious, have you been following the news about kind of the cruises ships that have started back up sailing? I mean, you're a passionate cruiser yourself, Paul. I'm curious to know, you know, what's going to make you comfortable sailing again? Uh, a vaccine. Yeah, it's a fair answer. <laughs> it's a fair answer. And then I think that's going to come. And that's, and that's kind of the, the way I came across in the CNN article uh, where I, so I seem like a Debbie Downer versus all of these other people who were ready to cruise yesterday. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I you know, I, we obviously follow a lot of different folks and see a lot of different comments getting made. And I, I, I do find it interesting that people who just, you know, they want to be cruising tomorrow. I'm probably closer to your camp. Oh, like, if for no other reason, then I'm not sure that the cruising experience is going to be as much fun, right? If, no, if it's, no. is it relaxing to be on a cruise ship if you've got all the trappings of being quarantined, uh, you know, or, or, social distancing and does that add a level of anxiety to the trip that you know offsets the kind of the joy that you normally experience when you're on the ship so yeah i, I you know i again i i hate to 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 be to, to seem uh, glass half empty instead of glass half full anyone who thinks that things are going to be fine in november december january february i don't think so but but i'll, I'll as i've said you know on many on many interviews over the past several months I would love to be wrong. Well, aside from cruising with your grandkids, Paul, is there anything that you're most looking forward to when cruising returns? Well, you know, uh, besides the, the cruise with my grandkids, I had a I, I had a bucket list cruise coming up in November. That was to the Mediterranean. You know, my wife and I were going to celebrate. You know, our, our 28th wedding anniversary. So that was that was gone. So yeah, I, I can't wait to cruise. And in talking to, you know, in talking to the folks for the first book, I I I I came up with all of these cruises from my bucket list. <laughs> and now I, I've just added a, a lot more, especially uh small ship cruises, because as, as as I mentioned to you, you know, I, I do kind of uh feature that a bit in, in in this book. Yeah, those sound like amazing, especially for you and your wife. Well, Paul, I want to shift over. We have normally do a rapid fire round at the end of our show. We're going to try to do one this show, but it'll be a little bit different because we had you on last time and asked you a lot about your cruising favorites. And uh, we also asked you a lot about, well, and we, we know you're not uh, our traditional Disney profile guest, meaning with lots of Disney experience. So we can ask you what your favorite park snack is and that sort of thing. So. <laughs> So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a little bit different rapid fire for us. We're gonna focus, I think, a little bit on your on your book. It's it's your it's your favorites here. We're gonna focus on the book. If I'm asking for one favorite, can you can always avoid signaling anyone out by giving a couple. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you maybe across both books to open this up a little bit. Favorite interview in in the first book, I interviewed a guy by the name of um, Manny Kilo. Manikio, and he was in the section. I think it was called the performers. So he is a uh, he he is a jazz performer. A re he, he's called a resident jazz ambassador. He's on Royal Caribbean. What made him noteworthy or famous, if you will, is he's won a Grammy. So way back when he was, when, you know, when he was when he was much much younger, he played in a rock band for a an artist by the name of Billy Preston. And I'm sure some in your audience uh, will have heard of Billy Preston. Not many have heard of him because he's, although he was known as the Fifth Beatle, he's very very instrumental with the Beatles, and he became a, a rock star in his own right. And Manny was his drummer. And so he won a Grammy with Billy Preston. But anyway, hearing his story and hearing about playing with a rock legend, you know, traveling the world as a, you know, part of a rock star. Saturday Night Live, for instance, you, you're probably Saturday Night Live fans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, very first, the very first show, Saturday Night Live, the music artist was Billy Preston. And so this person, Manny, was on the very first Saturday Night Live because he was Billy Preston's drummer. So so I would say he was my favorite. 
Same kind of question. Do you have a favorite story that came out of either of the either of the books? Probably again, the the first book, it was a guy who cruised 21 times in a single year. And I just I just thought that was that was just fascinating. In fact, he, he was a guy. I he, he told the story on Facebook. He was it was a Facebook cruise group, and he told the story is actually he made a post saying he just got back from his 11th cruise, only 10 more to go. This was the middle of 2018. And I counted the comments. I wrote this in the first book. I can't remember. I think it ended up with 900 comments. (laughs) But anyway, and most of the comments were like, you know, they they were, you know, people were just, oh, you're blessed. Uh, You're so lucky. But there were some snarky comments like, you know, hey, buddy, get a life, you know, buy a boat. So that story was just, it was just amazing to me that someone could cruise 21 times in a single year. And so I just reached out to the guy and I said, hey, I want to talk to you. And he, and he talked to me. Yeah. I, I am envious of someone who can cruise 21 times in a year. That is definitely living a life that uh, one that I would be very envious of. But, but you know what though? There's so many stories. I mean, Jason Lovett, I mean, he's, he's, you know, in his 30, early 30s, he has He's cruised, you know, 150 times, including the, his first cruise at, at, at age two. And I have a picture in the book of him up on the bridge at age two <laughs> uh, of, of a cruise ship. So, I mean, there's so many stories. Another story, I, I think I think the question was my favorite story. Probably the favorite story was was the woman who was chosen, you know, picked oh, the godmother. out of obscurity to yeah. be the godmother. Yeah. That was a great story. They, they, I mean, they're all good. I mean, it goes back to the point I made early on. They're all good stories, right? Everyone has a story to tell. So it's got to be hard to pick a favorite, especially all the stories you've heard. What's the first cruise you want to take when they come back, Paul? Is it the Mediterranean cruise or is it uh, is it the cruise with your grandkids? No, it's gra- grandkids, grandkids, yep. grandkids. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I can appreciate that. So you're getting back on your first cruise after everything goes back to normal, Paul. What's the first thing you're going to do? You know, a question I have, and I know that this is bad form, answering a question with a question, <laughs> but, but a question that I have is, you know, what's going to happen with buffets? And the reason I ask that is because normally, if you ask me, you know, six months ago, if you said, what's the first thing you do on a cruise ship, is it, I, I would go to the buffet. I think a lot and of people so, would. And so I don't know that I can give you that answer because I got a feeling that that when we start up, we're not going to have buffets. Yeah, I think you're right. I think eventually they might return, but I think if if so, it maybe won't be for a couple of years. And even if they return, we might see buffets where you still get served by the staff instead of you touching the tongs, right? The staff touches, like just you put out your plate and then the, they put it on, the you know, they put the food on your plate. So the answer to your question is probably the same. You know, what's the first thing I'm going to do is probably go eat. <laughs> it's not a very, you know, it's, it's not a very glamorous answer, but. Uh, uh, hey, it's true. It's that's what, uh, you know, that's par- part of the uh, part of the joy of cruising is is the food. Well, I would say, Paul, have you encountered anyone in your interviews who has not who's not enjoyed the food aspect of cruising? Because I feel like if you if you're not into eating when you're on a cruise, then. Cruising may not be for you. (laughs) Right, right. All right. Well, last rapid fire question here, Paul. We're going to put you on the spot. Will there be a third edition of The Joy of Cruising? You know, I think that I think that there will. There will be for two reasons. Well, well, the reason I think that there will be is because, you know, you had The Joy of Cruising and then you had Cruising Interrupted. I just think that there's going to be a fade uh, in, I don't know. I'm, gu- I'm guessing it's going to be around the beginning of 22, of, uh, of 22, when things are totally, totally back to normal. Now, I, I'll cruise before then. I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that's cruising will be back in, in, in early 21. Again, I don't want to sound like, 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 you know, too, too pessimistic. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, this will be behind us. And, and I can see a book and I, I don't know what the title would be, but, but something in the spirit of, you know, we're back. Mm-hmm. The return, the return yeah, to the joy yeah, of cruising I, I, or something. Something, yeah. something feels right about about a third book but you know we'll see i mean if the second book it doesn't do anything because the, the first book did very well 
and when I say very well, you know, independent writers, they don't, they don't make money. <laughs> so don't, don't get me wrong. But, but, but the, 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 the first book did well. And if the second book is as well received as the first book, then there'll be a third book. Well, I'm hoping for the joy of cruising returns. You know, don't call it a comeback or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I I might steal that title. There you go. It's yours to have, Paul. It's yours to have. I just, I just want a little, uh, a little acknowledgement. <laughs> well, you know, you know, joke about a little acknowledgement. I, I, I acknowledge ECL duo in the book. I heard Brian told me that you, you, that you mentioned that. That's, that's really, it was, that's really touching, Paul. It really is. We're, we're, we are, we are more than flattered. But before we get to a third book, which, by the way, if you write a third book, you've got at least one household of buyers right here. Um, <laughs> there you but, go. But. but but before we get to a third book, let's make sure folks can find the first two. And when is the second one going to be available? Joy of Cruising is available at, you know, and all your online uh, retailers, of course, Amazon, uh, ebook or paperback. And the, uh, the new book, Cruising Interrupted, I'm told that the ebook should be available around early December. Cool. Well, Paul, it is, as always, been great talking to you. We can't wait to read the book. And thank you so much for coming on again. Well, thank you. And you, you, you guys flatter me so much. So I, I, really, I really appreciate it. Well, as always, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. It was really fun catching up with Paul. And we are really excited to read Paul's new book. So as I said at the beginning of the show, please, please head over to cruisinginterrupted.com. Order a copy of Paul's book if you can to show him our support. Uh, it will also be available on Amazon here in the next week or so for pre-order and ebook downloads. So Paul did graciously give us that. We will be back code to get the book for $17.99, including shipping. So uh, that is a sort of a great offer from Paul. And I hope you will head over and show him your support. So we're always excited to read the profile of cruisers out of Paul's book. So with that, we did have a new review this week. It comes in from Midwest Mini, who writes Disney Cruise Line and so much more. I started listening to help prepare for my first Disney cruise with my family. Brian and Sam explain the complicated ins and outs of the ships, rooms, dining, etc. in a way a first time or platinum cruiser would understand. Now I look forward each week to find out what topic they will discuss from Disney authors to families that travel other cruise lines. Great way to fill a Disney drought each week. Well, Midwest Mini, we really appreciate the review and we love bringing you these shows. So thank you for listening and we really uh, hope you keep enjoying them. With that, I do want to thank everyone as always for listening this week. We appreciate all of our listeners out there and love hearing from you. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are helpful in making our podcast more visible to people who might be looking for our content. And we love, love, love reading listener reviews on the air each week. So leave us those five-star reviews and we will feature them in our show. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to our DCL Duo vlog and podcast channel on Facebook if you'd like to join our community and the conversation that's going on over there. We'd love to have you. And you can head to our DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. And we will be pushing out some content through that channel here in the next couple of weeks over the holidays as I have some time to edit video finally again. The DCL Duo podcast and blog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have a question about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.